off balance. I'm have to preach like this or something, you know, uh, not balanced, but we'll do our best here tonight. Let's pray. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. We are grateful, Lord, you give us another day to come back to the house of God. Give us privilege tonight, dear God, to be part of your family. Thank you, Lord, for the word of God that we're going to be able to teach and preach tonight. We pray, Lord, you move our hearts. I pray you'll breathe on us. Pray the Spirit of God would blow our way. God, do something with our hearts tonight, God, our lives. Father, I ask you, God, to bless the singing. God, the preaching, I pray every decision and choice to be made for the favor of God. God, teach us how to win people to Christ. Teach us, dear God, on what it all means and the scriptures and things tonight, dear God, the spirit uh, that was required. And, Father, that we might see more come to know Jesus. God, give us a heart for sinners. Give us a burden for sinners tonight. God, just work in us tonight, Lord, that we might be just like Christ. In Christ's name we ask. Amen. 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 Alright, good evening church. Let's go ahead and get our song books open. We're going to start in 234. 234. Alright. I don't know, Pastor, I think when we're done, I might have to go to this side. You're going to be preaching like this. Yeah. Alright, 234. Sing them over again to me. Wonderful words of life, let me more of their beauty see. Wonderful words of life, words of life and beauty. Teach me faith and duty. Beautiful words, wonderful words, wonderful words of life. one gives you all wonderful words of life sinless you the loving come wonderful words of life all so freely given wooing us to heaven beautiful words wonderful words wonderful words of Only Savior, sanctify forever. Beautiful words, wonderful words, wonderful words of life. Beautiful words, wonderful words, wonderful words of life. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Amen. Let's go to page 326. Three twenty six. More about Jesus would I know, more of his 
saving fullness seen, more of his love who died for me. Jesus, let me learn more of His holy will discern. Spirit of God, my teacher, be showing the things of Christ to me. More, more about Jesus, more, more about Jesus, more of His saving in his word holding communion with my Lord hearing his voice in every line making each faithful say mine more, more about Jesus more, more about Jesus more of his saving fullness more of his love Jesus on his throne, riches and glory all his own, more of his kingdom sure increase, more of his coming prince of peace, more, more about Jesus, more, more about Jesus, more of his saving fullness All right, let's go to page 258. Thank you, church, for being patient with me. My, my voice is not 100% tonight. You know, when you go back to school, you start teaching. I'm using my voice all day. You got to enunciate all day, and I've been doing that all day. But I'm here. I'm here to make a joyful noise, though. Amen. All right, page 258. Pray you are too. Wonderful Savior is Jesus, my Lord, a wonderful Savior to me. He hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock, where rivers of pleasure I see. He hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock, that shadows a dry, thirsty land. He hideth my life in the depths of his love and covers me there with his hands and covers me there with his hands. A wonderful Savior is Jesus, my Lord. He taketh my burden away. He holdeth me up and I shall not be moved. He giveth me strength as my day. He hideth my soul in 
And the craft of the rock that shadows a dry thirsty land. He hideth my life in the depths of his love and covers me there with his hands and covers me there with his hands with numberless blessings each moment he crowns and filled with his fullness divine I sing in my rapture Such a redeemer as mine. He hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock that shadows a dry thirsty land. He hideth my life in the depths of his love and covers me there with his hands and covers me there. His hand for verse. When clothed in his brightness, transported I rise to meet him in clouds of the sky. His perfect salvation, his wonderful love, I'll shout with the millions on high. He hide my soul in the craft of the rock. That shadows a dry thirsty land. He hides my life in the depths of his love and covers me there with his hands. And covers me there with his hands. Thank you, Lord. Mary Mate Stan. Right, so tonight we're going to be in Psalms 106. If you'd like to read tonight, you're welcome to do that. Psalms 106. Psalms 106. All right, uh, let's, there's 48 verses tonight, 9 times 5 is 45, so read 10. First three, read 10, the last, three, last two, read 9. Praise ye the Lord, O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Who can utter the mighty acts of the Lord? Who can show forth all his praise? Blessed are they that keep judgment, and he that doeth righteousness at all times. Remember me, O Lord, with the favor that thou bearest unto thy people. O visit me with thy salvation, that I may see the good of thy chosen, that I may rejoice in the gladness of thy nation, that I may glory with thine inheritance. We have sinned with our fathers, we have committed iniquity, we have done wickedly. Our fathers understood not thy wonders in Egypt, they remembered not the multitude of thy mercies, but provoked him at the sea, even at the Red Sea. Nevertheless, he saved them for his name's sake, that he might make his mighty power to be known. 
He rebuked the Red Sea also, and it was dried up, so he led them through the depths as through the wilderness. And he saved them from the hand of him that hated them, and redeemed them from the hand of the enemy. Man, thank you. All right, Sister Mary. And the waters covered their enemies. There was not one of them left. Then believed they his words. They sang his praise. They soon forgot his works. They waited not for his counsel, but lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and tempted God in the desert. And he gave them their requests, but sent leanness into their soul. They envied Moses also in the camp, and Aaron, the saint of the Lord. The earth opened and swallowed up Dothan, and covered the company of Abraham. And a fire was kindled in their company. The flame burned up the wicked. The made, they made a calf in Horeb, and worshipped the molten image. Amen. Man, thank you. <coughs> Thus they changed their glory into the similitude of an ox that eateth grass. They forgot God, their Savior, which had done great things in Egypt, wondrous works in the land of Ham, and terrible things by the Red Sea. Therefore he said that he would destroy them. Had not Moses his chosen stood before him in the breach, to turn away his wrath, lest he should destroy them. Yea, they despised the pleasant land, they believed not his word, but murmured in their tents, and hearkened not unto the voice of the Lord. Therefore he lifted up his hand against them, to overthrow them in the wilderness, to overthrow their seed also among the nations, and to scatter them in the lands. They joined themselves also unto Balpur and ate the sacrifices of the dead. Thus they provoked him to anger with their inventions, and the plague break in upon them. Thank you. Uh, <clears throat> then stood up Phineas and executed judgment, and so the plague was stayed. And that was counted unto him for righteousness unto all generations forevermore. They angered him also at the waters of strife, so that it went ill with Moses for their sakes. Because they provoked his spirit, so that he spake unadvisedly with his lips. They did not destroy the nations concerning whom the Lord commanded them, but were mingled among the heathen and learned their works. And they served their idols, which were a snare unto them. Yea, they sacrificed their sons and their daughters unto devils, and shed innocent blood, even the blood of their sons and of their daughters, whom they sacrificed unto the fools of Canaan. And the land was polluted with blood. Amen. Thanks. Thus were they defiled with their own works, and went oaring with their own inventions. Therefore was the wrath of the Lord kindled against his people, insomuch that he poured his own inheritance. He gave them into the hand of the heathen, and they that hated them ruled over them. Their enemies also oppressed them. They were brought into subjection under their hand. 
Many times did he deliver them, but they provoked him with their counsel and were brought low for their iniquity. Nevertheless, he regarded their affliction when he heard their cry, and he remembered for them his covenant and repented according to the multitude of his mercies. He made them also to be pitied of all those that carried them captives. Save us, O Lord our God, and gather us, gather us from among the heathen to give thanks unto thy holy name to triumph in thy praise. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting, and let all the people say, Amen. Praise ye the Lord. Man, if I could take that. All right, you may be seated. Would you, uh, Sister Retta, would you do me a favor? On the back table there, there are some papers for tonight. There's two different sets. The one on the right was from last Wednesday. The one on the left for this Wednesday. So you can give, eat, you can take both, and one that don't have one from last week, you can give, and one that we need, everybody needs one for this, this time, okay? All right, so while she's doing that, I'd like to give the announcements, and just to let you know that Friday night is our Bible study, and Brother George will be leading that out. Of course, we'll have um, just finger foods and stuff like that, like we always do on that night, and uh, have some time of fellowship time of uh, food, and then with the Word of God, and uh, looking forward to that as well. On Saturday at 10 o'clock is our visitation, and uh, I know it'll be hot. I think it's supposed to be like 104 or something like that on Saturday, and so I would uh, be careful, and whomever wants to go out, to be ready and prepared. Uh, we'd like all to go out, but we understand the heat as well, and so uh, we ask that you could come if you could come. Uh, then right after that, we're going to do a few things around here uh, in a way of just a, um, not a work day, but just some things that I need to get done or do some work on. So if you'd like to come and do that, uh, we'll probably be here another couple hours and to do that, and then we'll go back home and enjoy the time with our families. Saturday, uh, Sunday um, at 2 o'clock, we are going to the nursing home, and we hope that all is able to go there. We'll be uh, bringing a little lesson, then some singing and the visiting and just trying to encourage all about the name of the Lord, okay? Uh, also, I'd like for you to begin praying, and uh, Sunday we'll talk more about it, but I'd like to have another uh, revival meeting in October. And so just wanted the church to pray about it, if that's something that y'all would support, uh, something that you would be part of and be excited over and pray about. And uh, we wouldn't do the, the tent like we did last year, uh, but we'll do it within the church here. But we'll have preaching Monday through Friday and, uh, and so that we can have singing. I have Brother uh, Jake uh, come back and lead the singing and do specials like he did last year. And uh, that was a blessing. And so that we can uh, find ourselves in a place of refreshing. And so you think about it, pray about it. On Sunday, we'll get closer to it. If we feel like that's not what the Lord wants in our church, then we won't go that way. But if we do, we surely want to be obedient to the Lord, right? And we want to do His will. All right, so you should have the two different types of papers. You got one from last week, um, which we taught last week on. And the purpose of this teaching on Wednesday nights is how to, how to speak to someone concerning their soul. And so I want you to have paper. I want you to have the scriptures Last Wednesday night, of course, we had no air in here, so we met over there. And, uh, and so be meeting over there, we talked about who is a sinner. 
uh, who is unsaved or who is lost. And so we talked about Adam's family. We talked about the last Adam. We talked about the first Adam. And so you have all those scriptures. You have all that before you there uh, that you can go over. You can memorize. You can have in back of your memory. And just in case somebody would say, you know, uh, you know, who is a sinner or how did I become a sinner or something of that nature. And so uh, that's important is how. And tonight we want to preach on or teach on tonight, when did I become a sinner? So last week was how, this, this week is when. When did that happen? When did that take place? And so we want to bring forth. So we're going to turn tonight. There's no one certain scripture we're going to be preaching from, but we'll start in Psalms chapter 51. And in verse, and so one more time, if you don't mind, let's stand to our feet in honor of God's word. And we'll read that one verse, and then we'll begin the, the thought tonight on when did I become a sinner? Now, all this teaching and preaching is so that you can tell somebody else when they became a sinner. And so that we'll have this information and knowledge so that we can give to people. It may not be necessary in the way of leading someone to Christ. They may already know they're a sinner. They may know how they become a sinner, but you'd have this anyway just in case they're confused about them having any sin at all in their lives. Verse 5, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. I come to you in Jesus' name. I am thankful tonight, Lord, that we can take the Word of God and God line upon line and precept upon precept, and God, we can rightly divide the Word of truth tonight and God, our eyes could be opened and our hearts may be encouraged. And, Father, you might bring confidence into us. God, that we might be able to talk to others about Jesus. And, God, not be afraid. And, and God, not be uh, intimidated, Lord, in any way. Uh, Father, that we would have the scriptures and knowledge on, on what to tell them and how to tell them, Lord. We are to have answers, God, for every question that's asked about it, the Word of God. And, God, I ask you to empower us tonight with your spirit. God, I pray you'll feed us with your spirit. With your word, God, give us the help we need tonight, God, to learn and grow that we may understand the scripture clearly and plainly. There's no confusion tonight, God, that we might be able, be able, dear God, to tell our friends and family and even our enemies tonight about the lovely name of Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. David might be seated. And so tonight there's three points I want to bring out as I have on that paper. Uh, when did I become a sinner or when... Did they become a sinner, or when does a sinner become? And that is that conception. We find that tonight is when there was a conceiving. And we see that there in verse 5, chapter, five, chapter 51, verse 5. He says, I was shapen. I was shapen in iniquity. And uh, that means that when I was brought forth, that means that when before I came out of my mother's womb, I was shapen in iniquity. Where did the iniquity happen? It happened within the womb of the mother. That's where I was shaping that. That's where I was brought forth. That's where I became. I was where I was born. And then it goes on to say in verse, verse 5, uh, And in sin did my mother conceive me. Now we understand the of conception tonight. Uh, their conception is this tonight, is when a, when a, uh, a sperm will fertilize an egg. Right, that's conception. When that egg is fertilized and then there becomes a birth. It becomes a child. 
It becomes uh, what we would call tonight life. Amen? And in being life tonight, when you became life, the mother, the mother, which is the carrier of the egg tonight, uh, it was a sinful mother. And the only thing that a sinful mother can birth is a sinful child. And you have a sinful father which is the sperm that will fertilize the egg so the child could come forth. Uh, it was a sinful father, a sinful mother, and being a sinful father and sinful mother, we find a sinful child. And that's kind of the simplest place, the simplest thought we have tonight is when did we become a sinner? We become at conception. And the, the, the fact is that there's a principle that's set in the Scripture uh, in Genesis, and we won't, do, we won't go back there, but you'll, you'll know it as we think about it, is he says that if it's an a animal, we beget an animal, or a plant will beget a plant, and a, and a tree will beget a tree, meaning tonight that all that come forth will be of its kind. Right? You'll never have a dog producing a cat. You'll never have a bird producing a fish. You'll never have any of that kind of stuff going on because the principles of Genesis, it says, of its kind, of its kind, of its kind. And so you know if you have an apple seed, you put it in the ground, it'll be an apple tree. You'll find that tonight, if there's a sinful mother and a sinful father, there's no other way but have a sinful child. All right, so we got to know that. We got to understand that to be clear and plain, and the scripture gives it to us, and David is telling us in that fact. And so, number two, I want you to turn to Psalms 58 and verse 3. 58 and verse 3. The Bible says, The wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray as soon as they be born, speaking lies. So we, we see tonight what comes forth from the womb. The Bible says wicked. That's what comes forth from the womb. Not righteous, but wicked. And once it comes from the womb, you'll find that it goes astray. And as soon as it goes astray... It's saying it's speaking lies. In other words, evil are born. Righteous people are not born in the womb of a mother. The righteous people are born again. But evil people are born in the womb. Not only are evil people born in the womb, we find, but uh, ungodly are born in the womb. And so the Bible's teaching us clearly and plainly in that chapter 58, verse uh, 3 tonight, is as soon as we are estranged from the womb, as soon as we come forth out of the womb, we find that we're speaking lies. We're just guilty or born, guilty of sin. I mean, we, we just come forth out of our mother's womb, and the first thing we do is tell lies because we're evil. We're ungodly, and tonight we find ourselves as being one uh, that is just made that way. And uh, as we come out of the womb, within the womb, in Psalms 51.5, there's some, maybe some scriptures you might need to memorize. Within the womb, we find that we are created uh, with shaping in, in sin, and, and we are in iniquity. Uh, God, my mother has, has conceived me in sin. That's in the womb, but when we come out of the womb, we're still sinners. 
We come out of the womb, we come out evil, we come out ungodly, we come out guilty. All right, now turn to Job chapter 14. Talking about how did I become a sinner? Well, it's at conception. Job chapter 14, and look in verse 4 with me. Job asked a process of questions that really helps us understand tonight uh, concerning this being unclean or being unsaved. We find in verse 4, he says, Who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean? Now, that's a question we need to ponder. It may be even a question you need to ask a friend who's searching God. Or maybe a family member who's looking to be saved. This may be a question you pose them. Uh, and it's this, who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean? And the Bible says, not one. So anything that's unclean, nothing can clean come out of unclean. It doesn't work that way. Anything that's clean can have something clean. But anything unclean, no clean can come out of unclean. And so tonight we see uh, that you cannot do that. Look at, look at Job 15 and verse 16. It says, How much more abominable and filthy is man, which drinketh iniquity like water? So Job says, Can you get anything clean out of unclean? Not one. And then he goes on and says, How much more abominable... And filthy is man. Now we're, we are at, in, in our mother's womb, we are sinners. We come out of our mother's womb, we're sinners. And then as we come forth, uh, we drink sin like water. I mean, that's just who we are. That's what we do. And, and we, we experience it. And we like it. And we love it. And, and it's part of who we are and what we do. And it's just ingrained in us, our, our nature. Uh, it's normal. It's uh, just the way it is tonight. And so he says uh, in that verse 16, filthy is the man. And then look in verse 14. He says of chapter 15, what is man that he should be clean? and he which is born of a woman, that he should be righteous. Again, he's talking about that birth. Chapter 14, verse 1. He says, man that is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. You see, the mindset of Job is about being born of a woman, born of a woman, born of a woman. So what are you saying, Job? Job's saying, if you're born of a woman, you're trouble. And the reason why you're trouble is because there's nothing clean that can come out of unclean. And the reason why that's so is because you are abominable and you drink sin like water. And so he makes a, he makes a great point in understanding tonight uh, that you and I, uh, that as we're conceived in our mother's womb, that we're sinners. And then when we come out of our mother's womb, we're sinners. And then as we go forth, we're sinners. And we find ourselves just sinners. Turn to Job chapter 25. And verse 4. He says, How then can they be justified with God? Or how can he be clean that is born of woman? In other words, tonight what Job is saying with all of these thoughts in verse in chapter 14, and he's saying in chapter 25, he said, How how can anybody anybody be justified with God because we're just dirty. 
There's no way that a man can cleanse himself. You're just born dirty, so you be dirty. What's the best you'll ever be? Dirty. And so he's saying to you and I tonight as one that is just a human being, we're dirty at birth. We're dead at birth, and we are dark at birth. All three of those tonight. Dark, dirty, and dead. Dead spiritually. So tonight, at conception, is when I became a sinner. So we got it, we got it, we got to understand that, know that, know the scripture. And I hope that I hope you will. I'll put it on the paper there so that we can we can understand it. So when did I become a sinner? At conception. All right. I don't usually do this, but tonight I'm kind of in a teaching mode here. Uh, any questions on that? Good to see you, Gabby. Ain't no questions? Okay. All right. Secondly, tonight, uh, not only is there at conversion, but I notice by condition, by condition, that you, that you become a sinner by condition. Number one, I want you to notice in Genesis chapter 6, turn there with me, in verse 5, I want you to notice man's core. The core of man. What the very basis of man, the very foundation of man. What man is, woman or woman or man is the same. We're talking about human core. What is it tonight that's in the core of every human being? Well, in chapter 6, verse 5 gives us that answer. He said, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Now, I want you to notice in this scripture here tonight, the word, the word every and only. Every and only. And so we find tonight that, that there is the wickedness of man was great. Now, why was the wickedness of man great? I mean, we're talking about it in Genesis chapter 6. We, we're barely out of Genesis chapter 5. Genesis chapter 5 was when Adam began to have all his children that was in the likeness of Adam. And that's why we are sinners today uh, because of that. Uh, but why? Man, I'm talk, we're talking about very chapter 5 and then chapter 6. Here we are. The flood happens and the, God looks at all the people that have been that have been born he looks at him and says you know what uh, the wickedness of man was great i mean it just it just manifold it just multiplied isn't that crazy tonight that sin and iniquity and and these things tonight will just multiply and we see it today in our society. We wonder what happened to our society back in 1930s and 40s and 50s. It wasn't like this. What happened? What's going on here? What's taking place? And what do we see in 2023? We see sin just wrapping up. We see sin multiplying. 
We, we see in little five-year-olds taking guns to the schools and killing the teachers. We're, we're seeing 13-year-olds raping other children. We're seeing uh, these teachers that are taking up these children, whether it's a man uh, with another boy or a man with another girl. We're seeing tonight mothers leaving their children in the trash bags, in the trash cans. We're seeing fathers beating the snot out of their family and then killing them in the way of a suicide, murder-suicide. We're finding what's going on today. We're seeing again the greatness of wickedness. The greatness of wickedness. And so it will always continue to get worse and worse and worse and worse because man gets worse and worse and worse and worse, all right? And so I know I say the wickedness of man, but I notice the corruption of man uh, there in that verse, verse 5. It says, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart Every imagination of the thoughts of his heart. God is not even saying that what they're doing is, is the worst. What he's saying is that this condition, the man's core, is so far within the man that he is totally corrupt. He is entirely corrupt. He's completely corrupt. It even goes up into the imagination. Now, you know what imagination is, right? I mean, there's nobody in this room here would say, how in the world can I get judged on my imagination? I mean, you don't know my imagination. I mean, nobody, nobody can tell the imaginations of it. As a matter of fact, some imaginations don't even come to fruition, right? Some imagination just ends in the mind. You say, well, there's no, really no harm in that, uh, that I have some sort of imagination, uh, some sort of uh, maybe thinking of something evil or saying something that's wrong, you know, imagination of, you know, somebody pulling out in front of you, driving uh, in front of you, and they stopping real fast, and your imagination is getting out and whooping the snot out of them and give them a track, tell them to come to church so we can pray for his wounds. You know what I'm saying? I mean, uh, imaginations. But God said, listen, man is so so corrupted that it's the, it's, it comes to the place that the very imaginations, things that nobody even knows, through the thoughts of his heart are just corrupt. That's bad. And that's what sinners are tonight. From the very depthness or in the depth of their imaginations, of their thoughts, of their hearts, friend, that's where... The corruptness is. You say, well, I wonder if it's corrupt somebody murders somebody. Oh, no. Before somebody murdered somebody, all that corruptness was in the heart. Right. It came through the thought and started with the imagination. Right. And so we find tonight that God is looking at the whole world. And he says to the whole world, man, what great wickedness you're in. And yet, every imagination, every not just some, not just a little, not just a certain sect, not just a portion of the town, not just in that area. No, the whole world was flooded. Everybody died. But, but Noah and his family. But he's saying tonight that the, the wickedness of man, the corruption of man, but then the depravity of man. He says in that verse, verse 5, he says, was only evil Continually. Was only evil continually. That means tonight not only is the wickedness of man and the corruption of man, but the depravity of man. 
depravity of man. It means there's no exceptions and there's no exemptions. Every single person born on the United States in the world and all the world tonight, without exception, is only evil continually. And so we find depravity. Man is depraved. And that's their condition. That's, the condi that's their core. The very best man has is that. You know that? The very best that you and I can offer God, the very best that we can come before God and God will look at us, He'd look at our heart, look at our imagination, look at our thoughts, and He would see the core that we're in and He would say this, you're corrupt. You're evil continually. You're full of wickedness and depravity. That's what man is. Wow. That's something, isn't it, to be, how did I become a sinner? Well, you become a sinner because of the condition you're in. It's your core. It's the core. I'm going to say here, next, and I want you to notice it's not man's, man's core, but I want you to notice man's condition. Look at Psalms chapter 14. Psalms 14. I hope tonight that this is a help to you, uh, that it may give some, maybe some clarity even in your mind and in your heart about, you know, how, how did you become a sinner. We find here tonight in Psalms 14, verse 1, says, The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. They looked down, the Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and seek God. They were all gone aside. They are all together become filthy. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Again, I want you to notice that when the scripture is describing humankind, it gives no area of gray. He says so clearly and so plain. He says in, in this scripture, it says, there is none. So there's, there's not exception. There's not exemption. There's none that doeth good. And then he looked down from heaven to, show, to see if there were any that did understand and seek God. And then he says, they're all. And they're all together. And there is none that doeth good. And so we find, according to the scripture, that we can't say... You know, I'm an exception. When I was born, I was born into a Christian family. And man, when I, I, I just grew up knowing Jesus. No. No, all, all have become filthy. None seeketh after God. You say, man, I tell you, uh, my grandfather, my granddaddy, my mama, they loved Jesus. They loved God. And man, they were, they were what they are. Now I am what I am. They were a Catholic. I'm a Catholic. They were a Baptist. I'm a Baptist. They were a Methodist. I'm a Methodist. They were Mormon. I'm a Mormon. And on down the road. And you know what? And you're saddest and satisfied with that. And then when you play, okay, when do you become a sinner? Oh, you become a sinner because your condition. Your condition, and God makes it very clear what the condition is. So tonight we have verses that we can go back to and look at and, and just make it very understandable. Uh, the first condition of man, I notice in verse 1, is he is vile in heart. The Bible says, 
there in verse 1, the foe has said in his heart, vile, there is no God. If you notice that there is is in italics in the King James Version Bible. That doesn't change the, the meaning of it. That doesn't change the power of it. doesn't do anything but just helps us understand it. But what they're saying is this, is the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. And the Bible says they are corrupt. The word corrupt means vile. The fool is really saying there is no need for God. That's what a fool is saying. That's corrupt. And we're all a fool. We're born fools. We're all borning, born believing and saying, no God. As you was a child and as you might come to church and as you was given the gospel and as the preacher said, won't you come and be saved? You said, no, God. You grew up to be a teenager and God said, come to me. And you said, no, God. And then you got older, you got married, and you have family and children, and God called you again, and you said, no, God. You get up into your middle age, and God calls you again, and you say, no, God. You get into your elderly age, and you say, no, God. You know what you are? You're vile in your heart. You see, you won't say in your heart or to verbally that there is no God. You won't say that. But every time the Holy Ghost of God blew your way, Every time the preaching of God's word came down your pipe and whenever God was drawing you unto him, you said, no, God, that's a fool. And tonight, that's the condition of man. Every one of us say, no, God. Every one of us. And we'll always say, no, God. That's what man's condition is. Always say that. You say, well, how do you know that we'll always say that? Well, he said that because uh, he says in verse 3, they are all gone aside, they all together become filthy. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Verse 2 says, uh, if there are any that did understand and seek God. So we find tonight that every one of them, not only are they vile in their heart, but they're detestable in their works. Verse 1, the Bible says, they have done abominable works. And tonight, that's how we know that there's a vileness in the heart is because of the works that they do. Whatever man soweth, he shall so reap. The Bible says we shall know by the fruits. And then the Bible teaches very clearly uh, faith without works is dead. And it goes exactly with sinners too. It goes with lost too. You say, well, how do I know if somebody's saved or lost? Look at their works. Right? I mean, their works will tell you immediately what they are. They say, I love Jesus, I'm saved, I'm born again. And yet, friend, you can't see Jesus in them. You can't read the Bible about them. The Spirit of God does not bear witness with your spirit. Uh, Their life does not line up with the Scripture. And yet they say they're saved. Friend, how do I know they're not? Because their condition at birth is that. And they've never changed. They've always been that way. And yet tonight we find that they are vile in heart, they are abominable or detestable, or that word means hate, God hates, uh, of their works. We also see thirdly tonight that, uh, that he is worthless in the mind. In verse 3 it says they are all gone aside. In other words, they have will to do evil. They, have, they are all gone aside. That means they made that choice. They're all gone aside. That's their will. 
They will to do evil. And so the condition of every man that's a sinner, their will is to do evil. That's their will. That's what it says. They're all going to side. Number two, they desire to be filthy. Verse 3, it says, they are altogether become filthy. That's what they become because that's what they want to become, filthy. So that was their desire. Their desire is to be filthy. Somebody who's looking at porn, they want to be filthy. People who want to cuss and people who want to, to commit adultery and fornication and have sex outside of marriage and, and homosexual or abortion or, or you go through the whole lineup, you go through the whole thing, all those sins that we can mount, a liar, a gossiper, a backstabber, unforgiver, a bitterness, all that's choice. That's all choice. When you get angry at somebody, you say, they say, why do you get angry at me? Because you said that. No, I didn't get angry because, I, because you said that. I got angry because I chose to get angry. Because I didn't have to go that direction, but I chose to go that direction. So it's all on you. And so tonight, they're filthy because they all become together because that was the desire. We find not only the desire and the will, but they were born to act wrong. In verse 3, it says, there is none that doeth good. No, not one. They were born to do bad. They were born to act wrong. Our children that come out of the womb, we have to teach them right. We've got to teach them manners. We've got to teach them how to conduct themselves, how to behave themselves. We've got to teach them how to live a life that's respectable. If you leave your children without any challenge or without any charge uh, tonight or any discipline or chastisement upon them, they will cause the mother to lose her mind and the father to be full of grief. That's what the Bible teaches. So tonight we find we've got a bunch of children tonight in 2023 that have grown up without parent supervision without parents uh, uh, begin to teach them and guide them and whip them and chastise them and correct them and now we got a bunch of uh, young people tonight in the 20s and their 30s tonight that's gone out of control. Uh, they're getting into places now of government and leadership into schools and into uh, businesses and, and we find tonight that all of our sector of our businesses and all that we live in has gone crazy. Why? Because they're just sinners. That's why. That's why. That, that they, all to come, they all become altogether filthy, and there's none, no, not one, that doeth good. And so we find tonight uh, the condition. And but then I want to show you thirdly tonight, not only that the man's uh, condition is his core and his condition, but I want you to notice his crisis. Look in Romans chapter 3 with me. Romans chapter 3. And a lot of people use this verse here when you're, you're, you're talking to somebody about their soul. Uh, these verses are well known. Um, so it won't be something that nobody would know. But uh, tonight as I read these verses, I just want to say that man's crisis is they just can't help it. Man's crisis is they can't help it. So let's not get angry at sinners. Let's not point fingers at sinners. Let's not have attitude towards sinners. Let's not retaliate against sinners. They can't help it. Tonight, if our children are not saved and they're just sinners, we can't 
We can't just write them off. We can't just treat our children because they're sinners uh, a different way uh, than we treat anybody else. Or we can't treat our family members or our spouse or our, our, our uncle or at work or at church tonight, somebody who comes here who's not saved. They're just a sinner tonight. Listen, they can't help it. They can't help it. Number two, not only can they not help it, but they cannot at all change it. See, what I'm about to read is they can't help it and they can't change it. A sinner tonight cannot do anything about their condition. They can't do anything about their core and they can't do anything about the crisis that they're in. They can't help it. They can't change it. Thirdly, tonight, they can't deny it. They can't deny it. And so this is truly the condition of every living being tonight. Let's read it. Chapter 3 and verse 10. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. Now remember, they can't help it, they can't change it, and they can't deny it. You say, well, wait, yeah, they deny it all the time. No, sinners try to do good, and they just can't do it. Right? We, have, we know people tonight who don't know God, who don't know the Lord, and they say, we're going to do better. Have you had somebody do that with you? Maybe your children or a spouse that said, you know what, I'm going to get my act together. I'm going to put it all together and I'm going to start living like I should live. And, and I know that I'm a worrisome to you, a burdensome to you. I know you cry tears for me. I know that you've been worried about me and what I'm doing and where I'm going. I tell you what, I'm going to straighten it up. I'm going to do better. And that lasts for how long? About this long. They can't help it. They can't change it and they can't deny it. And so we find there's none righteous, no, not one. Number number. Number two, verse 11, there is none that understandeth and there is none that seeketh after God. Again, there's no, there's no exceptions, there's no exclusions here. None. Nobody seeks after God. You didn't even seek after God. Nobody tonight understands. Nobody does. They can't help it. They can't change it. They can't deny it. Verse 12, they are all gone out of the way. They are, they are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. They can't help it. Their throat is an open sepulchre with their tongues. They have used deceit. The poison of their asp is under their lips. They're liars, deceivers. You can't get truth out of them. We can't, be, we, we can't be a fool by trusting a fool. And so we understand. Whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. So sinners are going to be bitter, friend, and they're going to curse. That's what sinners do. If you say you're saved tonight and you still do bitterness and you still do cursing, I'd probably check it out. The Bible says here in verse 15, their feet are swift to shed blood. Man, sinners will just cut you out, cut you down. They'll kill you rather than to, to mess with you. They'll beat you up. They'll, they'll, get a, they'll get a hammer after you. They'll get a stick after you. That's what sinners do, don't they? I mean, they come to your house and break in your house. They come to your car and break in your car. You're out there and you pull in front of them by accident. They want to come and throw a knife on you, throw a gun at you. I mean, everything's violence with, with sinners. 
Everything that they can take care of, all is done with violence. That's what he's saying. He's saying destruction and misery are in their ways. They can't help it. They're just, everything they do, everything they touch is just goes down. Their marriages, their parenting, their jobs, their health, just their life. They're a mess. Sinners. Destruction and misery are their ways. And they know, and the way of peace have they not known. They know nothing about the peace that you have with God. There is no fear of God before their eyes. So they don't fear God. They don't respect God. They don't reverence God. They don't reverence God's word. They don't reverence God's church. They don't reverence God's people. They don't respect it at all. That's sinners. And so tonight, I can just say they can't help it, and they can't change it, and they can't deny because that's what everybody sees and everybody knows tonight. That's the crisis that man's in. They're helpless. They're powerless. They're clueless. They're hopeless. And they're godless. Yet in their heart and in their mind, they're not a danger. May I ask you a question tonight? Is a sinner a danger? Oh, yeah. Big danger. Sinners are danger to our families. Sinners are danger to our way of life. Sinners are danger to everything that we have and are. Sinners are dangerous. They don't think they're dangerous. Sinners tonight don't think that they have a need. I just got to explain to you tonight what the crisis is for man, the condition of man, the core of man. And would anybody in this room say, sinners don't have a need at all. Man, everything's good in their life. But in their mind and heart, they don't have a need. What I need to get saved for? Say something else that they don't have. They don't have a need and then they don't, have, they don't think they're in danger, but they don't think they're in captivity either. They think the way they are right now can get out tomorrow. But I'll tell you something tonight. You can't jump out of sin like that. Sin has to have you in captivity. As sinners, we're in prison with sin. So tonight we find that there is, how did I become a sinner? By conception. By being conceived. How in condition. The very condition that you are when you were born. And I just described all that. And lastly tonight, you're also, you have become a sinner because of choice. With choice. So when did I become a sinner? At conception. When did I become a sinner? At condition. And when did I become a sinner? At choice. So tonight, and can I say this? If you have never sinned before, you're still a sinner. If you're born a sinner and you never sin, you're a sinner. Amen. We, got, we, we can't get confused on that. You don't become a sinner because you sin. You sin because you're a sinner. All right? So if you come forth and everybody that says, everybody comes out and says, man, I don't sin. Man, I'm good. I take care of my family. Everything's good. I, I obey the law. I mean, I do everything right. I pay my taxes. I don't cheat nobody. I don't lie to nobody. I don't deceive nobody. Man, I am a good, outstanding individual. And you could look at them and say, yeah, but you must be born again. 
What? Because just being born, you're a sinner. Because, you're, because of your condition and because of you being conceived. Amen? The core of man. The condition of man. The crisis of man. And so here in the choice now, because every sinner chooses to sin. That's just kind of how it works. You don't have to, but you do. So let's look tonight in Ephesians with me, chapter 2, and uh, look in verse 1. Very well-known passage, but I want you to notice there's five areas tonight of choice. You have a choice on your walk, and this is the way that sinners choose to walk. Chapter 2 of of Ephesians and look in, or chapter, yeah, chapter 2 and look in verse 1. You hath he quickened, that's mean made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, that's sinners, we learned that from last week, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation. That's your way of life or your, your conversation of life. In times past, in the lust of your flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath even as others. And so you make choice by the walk. You choose how to walk in your life, and sinners choose this. That's the way they walk. They walk according to the course of this world. They walk according to the lust of their flesh. They walk according to the desires of their flesh and of their mind, and they are walking as the children of wrath, the children of hell. They're the children of disobedience. And that's their choice of walk. They don't have to walk that way. Sinners can make a choice to walk a different way. But this is what sinners do. They walk this away. So tonight, their choice. Not only their choice on their walk, but then there's another choice on their ways. Look in Titus chapter 3. Titus chapter 3 with me tonight. And look there in verse 3. Titus 3 verse 3. Not only a choice in your walk, but there's a choice in your ways. The, the way you are. Who you are. He says in verse 3, we, For we ourselves also were. In other words, this is what we were. And this is what sinners are. But it's a choice. Foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving divers' lust and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. All of those is the way you are. Not what you do, but the way you are. That's what that is. The other one was the walk, how you choose to live your life. This here is the choice of who you are. I choose to be disobedient. I choose to hate. I choose to be foolish. I choose that. That's the way I want to live. That's what's in my heart. That's my ways. Right here in verse 3 of chapter 3. Thirdly tonight, not only is your choice in your walk and your ways, but your choice is in your works. Look in Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. Now these are works. Verse 19. says, now these, now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. 
See, you're not caught an adulterer here. So we're not, we're not talking about that. He said, these are works that sinners do. What do they do? Adultery. Fornication. Uncleanness. Lasciviousness. Adultery. Witchcraft. Hatred. Variance. Emulations. Wrath. Strife. Seditions. Heresies. Envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings. That just means party. You go out and party, you sit at the beer joint, you sit at the dance place, you sit and eat, eating and drinking uh, drinks and all that kind of stuff, and you're, that's, that's, that's what that's called. And such like, anything that's like, anything we spoke. Of the which I tell you before, as I have told you in the time past, they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So if these are part of your life and the ways of your works, these are the works that identify you, then you are just a sinner and unsaved. So we find that the choices is these. People choose to be drunk. People choose to be revelers. People choose to to be adulterers. People choose to have sex after, uh, outside of marriage. They choose. That's what they do. So we find tonight uh, you can choose your works. Fourthly, choose your will. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6 with me tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and look there in verse 9. It says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, nor fornicators. Now, this is here, and this passage is not talking about works like adultery or fornication. It's actually talking about your will to do that. So he's talking about the people rather than the sin. Well, the goal is about the adultery. That was the work you can do. But here he's talking about this is a will of desire of somebody doing something. So he, he kind of terms it a little different. He says, neither fornicators, nor adulterers, nor adulterers, nor feminine, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. That's homosexual sodomy. Nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. So we find that's the will. You can make choice with your will. I, I will be that. I will do that. Look in Romans chapter 1 with me tonight and look in verse 28. Romans chapter 1, verse 28. Again, this is your will. This is a choice that every sinner makes and all sinners make. He says in chapter 1 of Romans in verse 28, Even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do these things which are not convenient. Will. Being filled with the unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, Backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, 
boasters, inventors of inner evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing this judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only to do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. So tonight, will. They have that choice. Revelation chapter 21. Turn there with me tonight. Revelation 21, look in verse 8. Revelation 21 and verse 8. This is the choice that sinners will make, and it's their will to do so. But the fearful, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, and whoremongers, and sorcerers, that's drugs, drug addicts, and adulterers, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. This is sinners tonight making choice. And they choose that because that's their will, their works, their ways, their walk, and lastly, we'll close, their wickedness. First, turn to 1 Timothy chapter 1. 1 Timothy chapter 1 tonight. Look at verse 9. This is your, your you choose to do wicked. That's what sinners do. Verse 9. Knowing this, that the law is not made for the righteous man. This is an important phrase right there. The law is not made for a saved. The law is not made for the born-again believer. The law is not made for the holy and the just and the right. Did you know that? Tonight, all of us that are born again and washed in the blood of the Lamb, born of the Spirit tonight, we don't need laws. Is that right? Do we need a law that says don't cuss? Do we need a law tonight that says don't go to Walmart and steal? Do we need a law tonight not to go to your neighbor and take her or take their stuff? Do we need a law tonight or a, a, a scripture that says, do not, thou shalt not? No, the law is in us. The Spirit of God is what's given us direction. We don't need outside law. We don't need any of that kind of stuff because within us we have. The Bible says, judge yourself and there will be no need of anyone judging you. Because if you judge me, you had to get through my judgment first. So if we judge our lives as we go, we don't need anyone else to judge us. Tonight we find that in this scripture, sinners, look what it says. Knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless sinner, disobedient sinner, for the ungodly sinner, and for sinners. For unholy, profane, for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, and for manslayers, for whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind, homosexuality, sodomite, for men-stealers, for liars, for perjured persons, if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine. This is a choice that sinners make. So tonight, as we close it up, the question would be, 
When did I become a sinner? At conception. At the condition you're in. And at choice. That's when you became. Tonight, I know that a lot was said and a lot was given and scriptures were given. You have the paper. But tonight, that's the truth of God's Word. And when you see tonight that the gospel is called the good news, you see it's why. You see why it's good news. Who became a sinner? How did I become a sinner? Thank God for the good news. Right? But see, in order for somebody to get saved, they're going to have to have the Spirit of God blow upon them. And while the Spirit of God will blow upon them, God's going to convince them and persuade them that they are what we just talked about tonight. And they're going to come and they're going to begin to fall on their face before a holy God, begin to cry out and say, Oh God, save my soul. I'm a sinner, lost without God. And that's just the way I am. That's who I am. God save me. That's how salvation comes about, just like that. And so tonight, I feel that the majority of people who want to be saved, they just don't come and they don't see their sin as it is. They don't see who they really are. You know, this statement's made, and I'm gonna, I say this, uh, don't get confused over it. Uh, many people say this, in order for you to get saved, you've got to commit or confess your sins. You know, tonight, that, that's said all the time. Come to Jesus confessing your sins. Tonight, you, you can't come to Jesus confessing your sins because there's sins you committed you don't even know you committed. There's sins you forgot. There's sins tonight that are of the imagination. There's some sins tonight. Uh, the Bible says to know to do good and not to do it to him it is sin. And there's a lot of things that go on like that. So if we, in order for us to get saved, we had to confess our sins, that means we have, let's say we have uh, 30,000 sins. You have to confess all 30,000. But you know what you have to confess when you come to get saved? Not that you're a sin, not, not that you, not all your sins, but I'm a sinner. That's what you confess. When you come to God and the Spirit of God has brought that faith upon you, brought that persuasion upon you, has brought repentance upon you, and that born again uh, experience takes place in your life, it's because you're going to come to a place and confess, I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. That's what you confess. Does that make sense? Anybody got any questions tonight? We'll get to the good stuff sooner or later. But the good stuff ain't going to be good stuff unless you go through the bad stuff. And so that's why it's called good news. Any questions? Any thoughts? Any? Anything? Nothing? All right. Wait, man, I hope that it was a help to you. I pray that it will be a blessing to you in days ahead uh, just to know the scriptures, just to get that. And we'll just go all the way through it until somebody asks Jesus into their heart just so that we have it, okay? All right, now maybe somebody in this room here tonight that's not saved. And you really found out tonight that you're just an old rotten, dirty sinner. And you can't help it. That's the way you was born. But you don't want to die that way. You want to die loving Jesus and living for Christ. Maybe tonight you want to be saved. You can make your way up to the altar. Let's stand to our feet. And let's uh, just pray, church. And if there's anybody tonight who would like to just get born again tonight, maybe that's what needs to take place. Maybe the Spirit of God's drawing you. Maybe the Spirit of God's showing you, revealing to you tonight that 
what your really core is and your condition in crisis. At birth, conception, your condition, where you're at. Don't know tonight. We thank God tonight for His Word. Even for Christians that are born again, you go through all those scriptures, it gives you hope. It brings a praise in your heart, don't it? Don't it just bring you to a place that thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Thank you, for Jesus, for changing my life. I'll tell you, I was, I was really something. Thank you, Lord, for your blood. Thank you, Jesus, for the Spirit coming my way that day. That's what it does for the heart of a child of God when you hear these kind of verses. It brings a gratefulness in your heart. It brings a thankfulness that you have a church that you can come and hear work God's Word. Anybody tonight? All right. Well, let's take some uh, prayer requests and then we'll pray. to me, save God's own son.